You know, I recently went and had a checkup with my GP, and as recently as last week, been seeing the GP every six weeks for the last, I don't know, a few months, um, probably three or four visits. Uh, it was a follow-up appointment to an earlier appointment I had this year. Um, it's all to do with the realisation of the fact that I'm no, young, no longer a young man, that I'm actually a middle-aged man now, and I need to uh, make sure that I maintain my health in the right ways, right? It's like going to get your car serviced. You've got to go and get your car serviced, okay? If you don't get your car, I was talking to the mechanic the other day, and I hope this person wasn't you, but someone that they were telling me this story, and the mechanic was saying that they inherited this car, I won't even tell you what type of car, but it had 20,000 Ks on it, and uh, they drove it around, did all the services on all their other cars, forgot to do the services on this car. And at 114,000 Ks, it started to make some noise. Uh, who knows that if you let the oil go for that long, it's going to turn into treacle more than it's going to be uh, oil. And uh, he was telling me about this story. You've got to maintain your stuff, right? So which means you've got to also maintain yourself. Okay. So uh, here I am. I'm before the GP. And, and I think as I'm thinking about this, I feel that sometimes the church needs a heart checkup as well. And one of the things that I had checked was, um, was my blood pressure and, and all those sorts of things. The other day, all it was was my blood pressure and I got the tick of approval and I could keep going for another six weeks. Praise the Lord. It's like, it's like I had the major service and then I went in for my pink slip check and I'm right for another season. Okay? I didn't have any troubles and, and off we go. You, you sort of get the analogy, right? If you don't maintain things, things don't... Uh, you start to see symptoms of neglect or misuse. Is that right? Yeah, of course. So I think that the church is in a season, maybe over the next few months, who knows how the Lord's going to lead us. I, I, I'm not really clear. But I feel that we're heading into a season of a good all-over check, in a sense a heart check, if I may. We've come through two years of unprecedented times, haven't we? Yep. And uh, even just the, the, the sense of going from two services back to one service is a part of that process of doing a health check. All right? If we don't acknowledge what God's doing in the midst of it, we cannot um, grow through what he has for us. There's been too many changes to count throughout this unprecedented times. In fact, no, I won't say that. Many of us have felt uncomfortable about the changes that have come. Uh, today I'd like to throw out some ideas, thoughts and challenges to us in a way that hopefully tests our hearts. Because you can't, you can't do a heart check unless you test it. Okay? If you're going to be hooked up to a heart monitor, they're going to also hook you up to a treadmill. Or a bike. Is that right, Rowan? You've had one of those recently? Absolutely. So they're going to hook you up there and they're going to find out how healthy you are by how fit you are by measuring your heart. Okay? So you've got to throw out the challenge. You've got to throw out sometimes the hard thing to see where it lands to test the heart. And if you don't do that, you never, ever grow. Ever. Okay, And one of the, the biggest things you have to understand is when God's leading you, you have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a test. That's a hard place, isn't it? You think about it. It's the, it's the place that you want to give up, but you can't. Because if you give up, what happens? 
You don't get through. And just by sheer name, it is the valley of the shadow of death. So you're going to die, right? So you've got to go through the test. You've got to go through the challenge to come out the other side victorious. This is almost like God saying in this season, it's time to do a test. throughout times like we're going through. If we cannot trust Jesus, we will fall by the wayside. That is the ultimate truth. So we've got to have a heart check. We've got to put the stethoscope on and we've got to then look at what God is doing and how we are to respond as he's checking us. Amen? Can everyone read that? Remember when you wanted what you currently have? Remember when you wanted what you currently have? You prayed and prayed and prayed for that husband only to turn around and fight with him for the next 12 months. I'm not picking on you guys. This is, this is absolutely every female Christian that I've ever married, seen married. You've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed only to change him into the thing that you want him to become. And you do it by picking. You remember what it was like to be praying for the thing that you currently have. And then when you got it, how did you respond? And if that response was not in line with Scripture, how do you think the people around you feel and how do you think God feels ultimately when you take for granted the very thing you've been praying for? Think about it. I think God has done so many amazing things this year and we have been blinded to it because of the rubbish that we've had to go through. I'm seeing people sit next to people who couldn't even sit in the same room as people. God has done that. I've seen couples who aren't here today who were either on the brink of not making it and they're making it today. And now someone else is the object of their challenge. What's it like? Can you remember what it was when you wanted what you currently have? A new house, a new car. A new husband, uh, a husband, not a new husband, sorry. <laughs> a wife, a child. That eternity ring that's avoided you for 20 years. Uh, did you hear the point? Do you hear the question? Do you hear what it does when you have to reflect? Now, if you don't test your heart, you never move into a place where you can live holy and solely grateful of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit led me to Luke 17 this week. Gratitude has been something that has been going around and around and around in my thoughts. 
Personally, I have not been very grateful over the past few months, and I know what effect this has had on my outlook, on my health, and on my faith. Have you found yourself starting to get a little cynical? Have you found yourself struggling to get out of bed, believing that the day will all work out for your good? Have you stopped thanking God for the small things in your life or the important things? Now, I can look around and I know many of your stories and how God has led you over recent times and I see nothing but the goodness of God over you. But for some reason, we, and in we, I'm including me, we miss the very truth that God has com is completely and has been completely for us throughout trying times. Here's an example that will test everyone in the room. If I asked you to give a testimony today, you would struggle to give me one. And you would hide behind the fact that you're shy or you would hide behind the fact that, you know, uh, God hasn't been talking to you about something. You would hide behind something, but what it would do is reveal the heart that is not grateful. At every moment, there should be something on the tongue, your tongue, that says that you are thankful to God for something in your life. Even if it's just the very air that you breathe that you woke up this morning, you should be thankful for that. And yet, when I give the opportunity to testify of what God has done in your life, it's not a miracle that you can draw breath. For me, that was the test of my heart this week. Am I grateful? Am I thankful? And what is it that I'm thankful for? Remember when I had, or when I was praying for the very things that I wanted and now I've got them. Am I thankful for them? It reveals the heart condition when we're not ready to step in and share the good things God has done. It reveals that we've become complacent, that we've slowed down in the area of showing gratitude to our God, thanking him for who he is, for what he has done and what he is planning to do through us as a body of Christ. Let's read a psalm, Psalm 118. I want to read the whole psalm. We've, we've done this over the last few weeks, haven't we? Amen. Let's read. And by about verse 3, I want you to say it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Come on. 
It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Praise God. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. Do you know that gate? His name is Jesus. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. When was the last time we were glad? Let us what? Rejoice. Let us be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. For his steadfast love endures forever. When an opportunity is presented for you to be grateful in a testimony, it is the steadfast love of God that endures forever. And when you testify of the things that he is doing in your life, it is the open door for him to continue to do again what he's done before. But it comes from gratitude. It doesn't come from woe is me, batten down the hatches, the world is against me, everybody hates me, think I might go eat worms. God has done amazing things for us and God will continue to do so so why then do we lose heart? Like through a sickness, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of tribulation, temptation, or when things just don't go the way we planned. Six years ago, my wife was flown to Canberra on this day. Things didn't go the way we planned, but God's steadfast love got us through that season. 
five years before that or six years may have been. No, I will get it right. Twelve years before that, we were coming home, put new tyres on our car. We had a car accident, punctured one of the new tyres, busted my diff, had to stay in Nowra for an extra week. But God's steadfast love endured. On our way home, we got through Kangaroo Valley, jumped on the Goulburn Highway. As we're coming into Yass, a, 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 a sleeper falls off the truck. We had a truck and semi-trailer in front of us, a semi-trailer behind us, and a semi-trailer on the right hand of us boxed us in. And the one at the front dropped a sleeper in front of us. Bang, we hit this and we went off the road and busted the, new tire, the, the spare tire that we had on to get us home. But God's steadfast love endured. Why? Because we were alive. My son was alive. My wife was pregnant with Reuben at the time. He was alive. He was alive. And God's steadfast love endured. I got out in the, in the pouring rain. I pulled all of our luggage out, and I pulled out the only tire I had, which had been punctured in the accident that was holding 20 psi of air, and I thought, I'm going to get home on this. And I prayed as I undone the wheel nuts and I put the tire on, the wheel on, and I put it all back in the car. And you know, as you're coming into the Yas Junction, you've got the, the speedo check, 1K, 2K, 3K, 5. I got to 2Ks and it went bang, just to pull it all out again. And the 15 PSI that was in the spare wheel, the steely that I had in there, was enough to get me into Yas Junction. And it held air all the way home. And you see, God's steadfast love endures forever. But I have given up the moment that that sleeper fallen off. Should I have given up in Nowra when I had to spend all of that money on putting new tires and brakes on my car? Should I have given up at the red light when the woman comes crazy down the hill in the red light in pouring rain and smashed us in the side of the car? No. Why? Because God's steadfast love endures forever. There is a testimony in that. You can't see it. It's time to run on the treadmill and test your heart. When we're not giving thanks to God, when we're not grateful toward him both in word and action, it's not just thank you, God. It's action. When we're not in that place, a sickness starts to set in. It's like our humility goes out the window. It's subtle, but eventually we succumb to the sickness and the enemy has us ineffective for the kingdom. It's like smell. It's dragon sickness. Because what happens is you take your eye off the prize, which is Jesus, and you put it directly on the thing that you're hoping for. And that's idolatry. That's pride. That's immorality at its best. And this guy goes and burns an entire city because he thought the hobbit had stolen something from him. Dragon sickness. It changes your perspective when you move your eyes off of God and you put it onto the thing that you're hoping for. 
It's pride, it's greed, it's self-indulgence, and the strongest desire to defend what belonged to him. I've had too many conversations in the last two years of people wanting to stay in the muck instead of dying to that and living the life of Christ and his call. That's what this couple are about to do. And it's different for all of us. I'm not putting them on a pedestal. I'm not saying to you that every one of you have to do this. But for every one of us, the call of God is different. And the gifts of God are different. And the purpose of God is different. And it brings it all together to a beautiful picture of a body of Christ that is able to achieve more because of the abundance of God in it. Dragon sickness is not being grateful for what God has given us. And it solidifies our dependence on our emotions and wrong beliefs. And it makes us lazy Christians. The Oxford Dictionary defines gratitude this way. The quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Do you notice that it's not just being thankful? Do you notice that there's an action attached to it? That's a very different meaning to what's taught in other dictionaries. Because gratitude is really, in today's society, only seen as thankfulness. But when you go back to biblical times, it's more than that. It is not just the action of being thankful. It is to do something that shows kindness and grace and favor. It is over and above. How do I know that? Because the Greek word is charity. The Greek word that should be, in many cases in the New Testament, should be translated as generosity is translated as grace. How do you like that? Because it means to extend favor toward. And it means giving grace, favor, gratitude, or kindness. It's not just, I'm thankful for my food. It's the acknowledgement that my food is enough to sustain me and it's enough to sustain those on whom I've prepared it for. Because it all comes from God. And the acknowledgement of who it comes from is the release of gratitude over your life. You all want more grace, right? I'm the same. I all want more of God's favor, but I can't have more of God's favor because it's all in Christ. I already have God's favor. I already have the fullness of him. I already have it. And all I'm called to do is to be thankful for it and to express it, to give it. But what we do is drag in sickness. We become so caught up in ourselves that we miss the point of gratitude. The basic principle is that all Christians are to live and should live with gratitude. As we pursue growth in this area of our life, we find that choosing to have a heart of gratitude not only honors God, but blesses you in the means in the in the instance. Grateful people experience more joy in life and are more of joy, a joy to be around. But becoming grateful is not easy. Gratitude isn't natural. Because it goes against the flesh. It goes against the selfishness. It goes against your own will. 
You have to choose to be grateful. You have to choose to be thankful. You have to choose to extend this grace to another person and to God. Is this okay? Is everyone up, up to where I'm at? Luke 17. I'm looking at the time, it's okay. Who likes the book of Luke? I love the book of Luke. Luke chapter 17. There are two stories here. And I, I, was, I was fixated on the one story, the one story about the ten lepers. And then I read the story before it. God smashed me. The first story is a toughie. Chapter 17, verses 7 to 10, this is what God says, or Jesus. He says, Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come out at once and recline at the table or at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Of course, because he's your servant, right? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. That's a toughie, isn't it? Here's the question we must ask to understand this passage. What do I believe God owes me? I'd ask that this question this week. What do I believe God owes me? <laughs> this is a real invasive checkup with the GP, isn't it? Almost like he's putting us to sleep, sticking the camera down our throat or something. Many Christians think or even believe that God owes them something. But the last thing you did for him wasn't acknowledged, and therefore you won't do another thing until someone acknowledges it, whether it be God or someone who represents him. We may not say this out loud, but actions always prove heart motives. You may have served on a team, and the pastor may not have thanked you. You turned up faithfully before everyone else and it was not acknowledged. You put an extra $100 into the offering this week and nothing changed for you. It creeps in slowly, but it eventually makes us sick. Because of the sickness, you pull away from that friend or you back away from worshipping with your church family on a weekly basis and maybe you go to a fortnightly or a monthly basis. But the sickness generally gets a hold and it causes offence and you generally leave. They wouldn't notice if I'm gone anyway because they didn't notice the little thing I did for them in the first place. Dragon sickness, it just keeps going around and around and around. Jesus says this is you... These examples that I just gave, this is you just doing what you were commanded to do. Have we, we forgotten that we are God's first? 
Have we forgotten that God owes us nothing and that we owe him entirely everything? Simple commands to serve in kindness. Simple command to not forsake the meeting together of the saints. Simple command to give in a heart of generosity. And they are the major things that cause people to retreat from God's bride. But that you were first and foremost commanded to do it, and then you move to a place of saying, thank you, God, because it is the best thing for me. You die to your selfish will, and you set up a place and a heart for gratitude. And gratitude opens the door for joy. Our lives are meaningless without Jesus. We are lost without him. In fact, the analogy is that we're perishing like the grass of the field, here today, gone tomorrow, ready for the fire. That's a very vivid picture, isn't it? That Jesus would even consider me, that he would consider us when we were his enemy, when we were wretched sinners and in our place he died upon a cross to cancel the debt of sin. The life we must live is a life fully surrendered to him and his all. I'm going to quote Meredith. When dragon sickness creeps in, it's a severe case of the meanies. It is. Severe case. The answer is gratitude. It's the cure. It's the kryptonite to your flesh. When we are thankful for Calvary, when we're thankful for Jesus' death, when we're thankful that he went into the grave so that we wouldn't have to perish in the grave. When we are thankful for his resurrection, that in his life, the life he lives, we now live in him. When we're grateful for that, the gratitude overcomes us and the lives we live become a willing sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Corinthian church became ungrateful and they began to compare Paul with Apollos and Peter. This caused great divisiveness. This is what happens when dragness sickness enters. You begin to compare. You only listen to the things that speaks to your bent. Eventually only those who will tickle your ears by reinforcing the behavior and those whom God has put in your lives, you ultimately will reject. First Corinthians 4, this is a really tough passage. For who sees anything different in you? Good question. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. Everyone say all. Already you have all you want. 
Already you have become rich. Without us you have become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. These rhetorical questions helped the Corinthian church realize that their divisiveness caused them to forget that their abilities, opportunities, blessings, and even their lives were from God. This means that there should be no boasting because it is all God's anyway. It originates with him. It is given with love and generosity and favor and grace and is received with gratitude. But when we start to compare, the weekly celebration must become priority as we join to praise, worship, and thank Jesus for who he is, what he has done, and where he is leading us. It becomes the weekly checkup that positions us to be ready for the next week. And this only happens when we allow gratitude to pave the way. As gratitude steers our praise, it strengthens our faith and positions us to be more than conquerors. Holy Spirit, would you unite us in a path of gratitude? This season, I believe, is an opportunity to reset and begin with the basics once again highlight our gratitude to our God. Amen? The second story, Jesus cleanses the ten lepers. Luke 17, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Where was Jesus on the way to? Jerusalem. He was on the way to his sacrifice. He was on the way to Calvary. He was on the way to his death. He had his mind set on Jerusalem. He was ready for death. He was focused and ready to reveal his passion. Kind of speaking to the fact that the ends are coming. But we're not to be so focused on the end that we miss the opportunity before us. Jesus did not miss the ten lepers. He heard them and responded. And as he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. What a miracle. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. Jesus, then Jesus answered, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. There is a mass exodus in the church across the globe. And I can't but see the ten lepers. Where is their gratitude? God would set him free. 
must allow scripture and the conviction of the Holy Ghost and God's vision for the church body that he's put us in to remain the focus while taking spirit-led opportunities along the way. Are you hanging on for a miracle? Are you believing for a healing? Are you believing for a family member? Along the journey, you're going to meet a fork in the road. You can take the path that leads to your miracle, or you can take the road that leads to your demise. And the key is a simple act of gratefulness, gratitude, thanksgiving, responding to God in faith. Fall on your face like that Samaritan did and give thanks and praise to your God. All ten were healed, but only one was saved. The word here, for made you well, is the word sozo. Some translations translate it right. It reads, your faith has saved you. Come on. Some people receive a healing, but never turn to Jesus because they're never grateful for the giver. Are you praising Jesus for what he's accomplished you in you today? I mean, the reality is we're all a work in progress, aren't we? But you won't get the next upgrade unless you're grateful for the last. He saved you from sin. He saved you from the burning flames of hell and destruction. He has elevated you to a seat in heavenly places. He has called you a new creation and he has empowered you with a faith to move mountains. Gratitude is the key to unleash you into your fullest potential in Christ and the enemy knows it, which is why he constantly harangues you. Simply turn away from him. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith and begin to praise him. Like that Samaritan, some of you need to turn away from your religion and turn to Jesus. The priest can't set you free, but the Most High can. Amen? When it's all said and done, being counted among God's people is and always will be enough. That is the good news. It's not if you have a house. It's not if you've got a car. It's not if you've got the right job. Freedom. It's not health. It's not persecution. No. It is enough to be counted amongst the saints. And if you would be grateful for that, your next miracle is around the corner. It's not too late to change your heart. Remember when you wanted what you currently have? Remember when you wanted to be saved and you had no idea that Jesus was the door? Remember when you were an enemy of God and yet he injected himself into your life and he pulled you up out of the mire and he put a robe upon you of righteousness, washed you clean in his very blood? Do you remember when Jesus was enough?
Four things to be grateful for. Number one, let's be grateful for God's goodness. Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his steadfast love endures forever. There it is again. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. Do you kind of see that sometimes humanity is so thick, God's got to put it in there time after time after time again for us to understand that we have to give thanks to understand him. Be thankful for his goodness. What is it about the goodness of God that when we connect with it, we cannot help but give thanks from our heart? It's because when you connect with the goodness of God, it releases joy in you as a fruit. It overwhelms you and you cannot keep it in. Give thanks to God. His love endures forever. Forever is a really long time. The second is give thanks for God's loving kindness. For we ourselves were once, also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures. Seems like what I was talking about before when we're in the emotional realm under the dragon sickness. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Saviour toward man appeared, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, when he appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by what? His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You are an heir of eternal life. And it's because of God's loving kindness, even when you were still his enemy, God died on Calvary for you. His mercy is never ending. Even that neighbor who drives you mad, God's mercy is toward them. Your local church. How about we just be a bit thankful for where God's placed us? Colossians 3, 14 to 17. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule where? In your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The best place that you show gratitude is as one body, in one place, in one voice, singing praises to your one God. Lastly, how about we give thanks to God and give gratitude for everything? Ephesians 5, 17 to 21. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, 
but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, everyone say everything, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We, we, have, no, we have no excuse Jesus said that these rocks will cry out his praise. I think sometimes in the GP's room, you've got to do a deep dive. My GP does a few surgeries in his place. I wonder if he ever anaesthetizes. I don't think so because you'd have to go to surgery normally. But imagine if you were laying there in the surgery and the doctor just comes and puts you to sleep. And you wake up a few hours later and you get the all clear. The Holy Spirit wants to do a deep dive in us. And he can't do it when we're so resistant, when we're stubborn, when we're not grateful. He wants to do such a work in his church. And we are focused on everything peripheral. That we are missing his voice in this season. I think it's deep dive time, Jim. And invite Reuben and that thing to come. Come and sing good, good father for us. The Lord wants to do a deep dive in us and we can either resist it and remain sick or we can step into it and wake up completely refreshed, knowing that God has given us the all clear. He has seated us in heavenly places. Isn't it nice when the Holy Spirit reminds you of that? He has set you free from the law of sin and death. Isn't it wonderful when the Holy Spirit reminds you of that? He has separated you from your sin as far as the east is from the west, but our pride causes it to come back. And it's not our burden to carry. Jesus dealt with it once and for all. I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, the great anaesthetist, to just come and put you to sleep for 30 seconds. Maybe 30 minutes. Who knows? The Holy Spirit wants to do a deep dive. The Holy Spirit wants to finger point Something in your life that you must let go of. We cannot keep carrying the burden of this world because it's not ours to carry. 
Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and just put us into a deep sleep for a moment. Let us come under your skillful hands. May they burn hot in our heart once again and reignite the embers of our heart to burn bright for you. We are so thankful, Jesus, that you would leave the riches of heaven and come to this earth to die in our place. Jesus, you did not just pay the price for our sin. You paid the price that we would be free indeed. Lord, we surrender over to you right now. Our pride, our selfishness, our sickness, our hurts, our unforgiveness, those people who have hurt us, those people who did not show us thanks, those people who did not say thank you, those people who by their words have hurt us, and those people who have falsely accused us and falsely charged us. Jesus, we surrender to you now. Holy Spirit, a deep dive by your fire now in our hearts. Let your goodness rest on our life and your loving kindness lift us up into the seat of righteousness once again. For you have seated us in heavenly places with you. And you have held nothing back from us. In fact, you have called us more than conquerors. And today, the life we live, we live unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We are sorry. We've allowed our emotions to get in the way. Today, a simple act of gratitude. We say thank you. Would you stand to your feet and just begin to thank your Lord? Just begin from the depths of your heart to thank him for what he's done. Thank him for Jesus. Thank him for the breath that you breathe. Thank him for your children. Thank him for your partner. Thank him for your parents. Thank him for something because he deserves your praise. He deserves your thanksgiving. He deserves your gratitude. He deserves your love. He deserves you and your all. Stand with us and give him praise. Lord, we, we love you. With all of our heart, we declare we are yours because without you, we are nothing. Jesus, would you have your way in us? Jesus, would you take the wheel. Jesus, would you separate us from this world once and forever? Jesus, would you focus our attention upon your goodness and kindness and your splendor and your holiness? And may your gratitude in our hearts produce joy everlasting. Today, we are thankful for you. 
Will you sing with us? so worthy to keep us coming back. 
Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has been given, who has been given to us. We are so thankful that you call us yours. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us by your grace and favor, your empowering presence to live as children of the Most High, to live with hearts of gratitude, to give thanks in all circumstances, and to keep short accounts with those we live. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness. And we thank you for the ministry of your spirit right here today. Set the captive free. Those who are captive to their emotions, we release now in the name of Jesus. Those, Lord God, who have held in their heart you owe them something, Lord. I thank you that even now the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, will be their portion in this moment. And that they will, in their own time and in their own way, release themselves of that burden. But we thank you that your word was shared today and that your spirit used it like a hot sharp sword. Thank you for your cleansing fire. And Lord, let that 30 seconds of you touching our heart seem like a lifetime. May we never forget the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you for your goodness. We acknowledge it here in this place. Jesus' name.